The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday and giving us a chance to be part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Hope you're having a great week. Hope you're enjoying the beautiful weather and looking forward to the holiday season. I know I am. I just enjoy this time of the year and uh, looking forward to all that comes with it with family and uh, celebrating Jesus and just so grateful for all that God has given and done for us. If you're following along in Scripture, we are uh, finishing up the uh, chapter uh, Matthew chapter 22. So Matthew chapter 22, we're going to look at probably we're going to both in two sections here on uh, the next 10 minutes. And so let me go ahead and jump into the first one. This is another one of those times where some of the religious leaders are still attempting to find a way to trip up Jesus. So this time they bring in what they call a lawyer. Now, a lawyer, a little different than lawyer today. This is somebody who is an expert in the Old Testament law. So they bring him out thinking, you've got to find some way to pin this guy. Now, again, they since they don't really believe and understand who Jesus is, they feel like this is going to be easier. They keep getting stumped because really they're talking to the author of the law, author of God, of the scriptures. So let's go ahead and look at this in Matthew chapter um, 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus then said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So he answers with um, a commandment from Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 6, where he references what is known as the greatest commandment. But I find it intriguing here. Jesus then steps in to copy, to quote something from Leviticus, where he says, verse 40, continue, uh, verse 39, I'm sorry, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And these two commandments hang all the laws, all the law and the prophets. So he jumps in and gives a specific answer. And by the way, the answer is accurate. Um, It's extremely accurate in the fact that really, when you look at the gospel, when you look at everything that, if you want to say the law, what is asked of us as Christians, it really comes down to, um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. Let's take a, let's take a moment and look at this. What, what does that mean? All your heart, soul, and mind. I guess the best way without, you know, I, the most simplistic way to look at it this way is to say that we are to fully engage and, and God needs to, be, if we're going to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind, all our being, who we are, it's not a distracted love. It's not a, comp, it's not a complicated love. It's not a, a mixed love. The Bible says you cannot love God and mammon, uh, mammon being money or material things. Um, in First John, um, John, it says, love not the world or the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So uh, it's not a separated love. This is, I'm choosing. Now, let me tell you one thing that's intriguing about the idea of love. This is true in our love for the Lord. This is true in our love for our spouses. This is true in our love for our family members. And in a moment, as we'll mention, this is true in our love for our neighbors. And it simply comes down to this. Love is not necessarily a feeling or an emotion. A lot of times we come back, you know, and that's one of the things you see in relationships. I just don't love them anymore. I have a hard time loving them. This love, what we're referencing, biblical love, is not an emotion. While it has emotion in it, and while it can produce emotions at time, in some occasions, you have an emotion that one day you say, I can't live without somebody the next day, it's like, man, I wish I wasn't around them. I'm using that as an exaggerated extreme, but I've seen it in both points. If we allow emotion to establish this, then uh, yeah, our relationships are going to be crazy. 
love here is a choice. The love described in Scripture in every aspect of love, loving your spouse, loving, uh, you know, outside of loving yourself, love, you know, in some cases loving yourself, but loving neighbors, all of this is going to come down to a choice. It doesn't have to be an emotion. And in this case, here, here's why we say this. In this situation, the reason he says with all your heart, soul, and mind, um, your heart is your your spiritual being, your soul, your mind is your action, what makes the decisions and what you're going to do. So let's look at this. If I just pin it down to an emotional love, then I can say, well, I do emotionally love him, and I can leave it there. I leave it as an emotional thing. In this passage, in the description of the three words, this goes far beyond an emotion, and it goes into action. Uh, and it simply means, can you truly love somebody if, you're, if your actions do not follow your words or your claimed emotions or beliefs. True love is seen in action. You can say, you love, let me give you an example. You can claim you love your spouse, but how are you treating them? If you're not treating them well, you don't love them. It's intriguing that in scripture, God tells men to love their wives and not the other way around. Wives are better at this, but one of the things why we're commanded, and love is not just an emotion. Well, I love her. I heard a guy years ago, so sad, he made this comment. I was listening to him just in a random conversation. He made a random joke. He said, I told my wife, my wife I loved when we got married. If it changes, I'll let her know. Uh, well, trust me, she's still wondering. Here's, here's a simple principle. It's not about the words. It's not about the emotion. How are you treating them? God's, the, when God tells husbands to love their wives, that's an action. And does not come down to, well, I take care of her, I haven't left her. It's an action. And same thing with our children, same thing with, with love, the Lord. You can't claim to love the Lord and not follow him. So if I'm not loving the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind, there is no in-between. There is no, I love him a little bit plus this. It's one or the other. The idea that we can kind of live down the middle and have God and have all these other things is unbiblical. It's not right. It's not accurate. It cannot be done. Uh, but then he says, you should love your neighbor as yourself. He really qualifies this. If, by the way, when it comes to religious leader, they really didn't have a whole lot to say because he was right. Uh, he just stated it, moved on. But why, why then? Well, why does he move on to love your neighbor as yourself? First of all, we already love ourselves more than we do others by action. We're selfish, and we take care of ourselves, and so we forgive ourselves in some occasions. Some of us battle that, but we're willing to give ourselves a little more room than we are other people. And by the way, the neighbor is not necessarily just the person living next to you. Your neighbor is going to be someone else in church. It's going to be a coworker. It's going to be a relative. It's going to be the someone living next to you, right? It's just going to be other people. And so we want to treat, the phrase we hear a lot is treat them as we want them to treat us. But really, the reason when Jesus depicts these two, it's more than treating them as we want to be treated. It's treating them the way God treats us. I want you to catch that. It's a very important thing. We're to treat other people as God treats us, okay? He's unconditional love, accepts us. He loves us when we are really unloving. He forgives us when we don't deserve it. Then we can go on. The more you get to know about how much Jesus loves you, the more you get to know about how what Jesus does expects of us and how we treat the world. And by the way, this is going to be people who disagree with you. This is going to be people who have varying different views of politics or religion or things of that nature, which is one of the greatest ways to reach the world. True love, God, the kind of love God offers. Please remember, when you go back to the Gospels, Jesus sought out the publicans and sinners. He sought out those people, and that's how he showed love. He didn't separate from them. He didn't say their lifestyles are okay. In fact, in most occasions, he loved them and said, now step away from this lifestyle. But he loved them. This is what he, we're being asked. It's simply you come down to this. What if they treat me poorly? What if they're mean? What if they're this? I heard a preacher say this the other day. You know, when it says you love your neighbors, you know, it want, or love your enemies, 
one thing intriguing it does say is, well, you might have enemies, but what do I do? I love them. Here's the point. I can't control other people, but I can control me. So what do I do? Love them, give the rest to God. Anything else is sin. Love them, give the rest to God. Uh, if they're truly an enemy, God will take care of them. I think a lot of times some of the people we say are enemies are not our enemies. They're just people who we don't get along with. There's a big difference between that. So how do we love them as God's asked us to? Let's finish with the last couple of verses here. Um, uh, let's, I mean, down here to verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? He's referencing the promised Messiah. Uh, they said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in his spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? No one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare ask him anymore. Now here's a simple premise. The reason he was able to do that, the simple point, was that Jesus was reminding and establishing his identity in his deity. He was establishing. The reason David was able to say that was, yes, Jesus was of the lineage of David, but Jesus was God. And so that's how the simple answer was. He was referencing to God who would ultimately become Philippians 2. He was in the form of God, did not consider it robbery, but made himself from no reputation and took upon the form of a servant. Human was made in the likeness of man. That, that's the premise. That's the, what he's stating there. And, and the simple point is he just throws out true theology. They didn't have an answer for it. Uh, either they didn't know what to say or they didn't really want to believe what was being said because the answer is just fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, one of the things again, intriguing is the fact that Jesus didn't get defensive. He didn't get angry. He just answer, asked questions, answered questions. Uh, the world's never going to understand. And the Bible says to the world, our beliefs are foolishness. So to, to be angry and offended by people who don't always understand our perspective, we can't control. But if you go back up in the same context, you can control yourself and how you respond to them. Uh, whether they're just a confused neighbor or a true critic, we can control how we respond to others. So honoring God, that's what's dictated from honoring God. So maybe that be our challenge today. Maybe we honor God and how we treat others, how we treat our spouses, how we treat our children, how we treat our neighbors who live next to us, those we work with, those we go to church with. May we show what Jesus shows to us every day. Well, thanks again for joining us today giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. Appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Hope you have a great continued week. Stick with us as we continue and jump into Matthew chapter 23 tomorrow.